Hello, Mama. Hope you're having a glorious day. I am enjoying my cozy closet, sitting on my exercise ball. It really is like the best thing to sit on when you are so pregnant. It's just the best. So still on baby watch, obviously over here. Who knows when he's coming? It's got to be in the next couple weeks. It's, it's such a fascinating thing to wait for labor to come. I don't know if you guys are in that or remember it or, you know, for those of you that have experienced it, it's just like one of the biggest things that can happen. And yet you cannot plan for it. Now I know this, some people have scheduled C-sections and whatnot, and that's, you know, it's a little different, but like when you're waiting for labor to start, it is so strange because it's this huge event. You want to be prepared for it, but you, and you can to some extent, but you can't fully to some extent because you don't know when it's come, going to come. You don't know if it's going to come in the middle of the night. You don't know if it's going to come in the middle of an activity. Like, will the laundry be folded? I don't know. Will the dishes be done? Who knows? I keep trying to like make my bag fully packed, but then I need to use some of the things I've packed. So then it's like this constant, like, okay, I need to set this here. So I remember to put it back and it's not like we're going to be in the hospital forever, you know, probably no, not longer than much longer than 24 hours, but I still have my things that I want there just to like feel like I have everything I need and, you know, be able to really <laughs> enjoy that time there. And so it's just like, I just, I want to feel fully settled, but that would mean that like every night before I go to bed, I'd have to like put my makeup and uh, all my toiletries and stuff in my bag. And then every morning I have to take it out. And that's just, that's just madness. My body can't handle all that bending. <laughs> so we're as prepared as we can be around here, uh, which is a good feeling because for a while it was like, well, I will deal with it if it happens now it, and we can get through it and it'll be fine, but it's not great, you know? And so finally we're in a place where it's like, okay, this is good. And you know, I, but then it's like another, another week goes by and I'm like, oh wait, actually I have to do laundry again. <laughs> we No pajamas for the kids. And I keep forgetting about those regular things because I'm just waiting for this event to happen. Anyways, it's all strange. Um, but I'm excited and it's coming soon. Can't be longer than much longer than two weeks from now. So we are ready to roll. Um, but anyways, today we are going to talk about how to help your kids learn how to problem solve and even more importantly, learn how to have generous hearts. And this is something I've talked a little bit about when I was going through the book, Shepherding a Child's Heart. And, um, you know, I think a lot of this is kind of based in those concepts, but there's like something that kind of clicked in me recently, uh, kind of a simplified version of how to help my kids in these moments when they're fighting over things. And I've been using it lately and it's been working so well. And, um, I just wanted to share it with you. So I hope it'll, it'll work for you too. You know, we're, we're only a few weeks into me using it. So I don't have like months and years of experience doing this, but, um, so far it's going well. So hopefully it'll continue that way. And I'm excited to share that with you. But before we jump in, I want to remind you, as I often do, to hop into our Facebook community. It's such a great place just to meet other mamas on this journey. And uh, you can get some amazing encouragement from Lauren. She's the the girl that leads it and um, posts like great questions and insights. And um, it's just such, such a good community of people trying to figure this whole mom thing out and how to do it with God at the center. So make sure you're in it if you're not. It's growing so fast. It's blowing my mind. You can find it uh, in Facebook if you go and search Morning Mama Collective. 
You can find the link in the show notes and we would just love to have you over there and get to know you and learn your name. And uh, I also give you all the updates on when the academy's happening and any other thing that might be going on in our community. So, and hopefully I'll have more and more resources with you over time. Um, yeah, this has not been the season for that, but I have lots of vision for where we can go with it in the future. So make sure you're over there. But without further ado, we are going to hop into today's episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. mama. So today we're talking about how to help our kids learn to problem solve and kind of touching on how with that to help them have generous hearts. And I'm not going to go as much into the second part. I kind of talked about that a lot more in uh, when I was going through the discipline series and talking about shepherding a child's heart. And, you know, I'm sure there's much more to say about it even than I said back then. That could be a whole episode in and of itself. But we're definitely going to touch on that because it kind of goes hand in hand here. And, you know, this this kind of simple question that I'm going to give for you to use, this tool. Um, I know I didn't come up with it myself. I know it's influenced, again, in big part by Shepherding a Child's Heart, that book, and then some other influences that I've had along the way. But something in the past weeks, it just kind of clicked and it just made it this simple version of this um, for those moments when the kids are fighting over something. And it's been working so well for us. And I just wanted to share it with you because I'm like excited by it right now. I'm like, hey, this is great. Like these are so many great teaching moments and it works for them. It works for me. So yeah, let me go into it. So I don't know if your kids are like mine, but they're getting to the age. Uh, My daughter is about to turn two. I can't believe it in like three weeks, I think. Uh, And I just, I, I don't want her to be two. Two feels like I don't know, not a baby anymore. Like it's like crossing that threshold. And I feel like she probably already crossed that maybe at 18 months, but it's just, it's just wrong. And so at least I'll have another baby, you know, I'll get my baby phase in still because I'll have a baby here by then. But, you know, she's just, she's about to turn two. My son just turned four in September and, you know, they are now at this age. I feel like this is um, just even in, even in recent weeks, maybe this is why I've had this kind of this thing click is because I've had to use it a lot because they are now in this phase where they're fighting over everything. Toys, over where, who sits where, over uh, what show to watch, over who gets which part of the apple. Like it doesn't matter what it is. They're going to find a reason to fight over anything. And I, I don't know if you've seen this in your kids, but it is pretty ugly. Like Talk about selfish hearts. Like these kids are only caring about themselves in this moment, what they want, what's best for them. And, you know, often as a parent seeing this one, we often get triggered and we yell and we try and break up the fight and, you know, 
we you know give consequences which which maybe there's consequences that are necessary in these moments but i think a lot of times what we do as parents is we we see this happening and we feel like we have to control it all we feel like we have to be the ones to resolve it to give the solution to make it all happen uh you know whether that's like give it to your sister or let me set a timer or go to your room or I'm going to take this toy completely away from you. Right. And so we make these, these movements to control the situation, which, you know, I I get it. And I've done those things in different times, but I actually don't think that is the best solution here. I actually think there is a lot more opportunity in these moments. And I want to talk about how, how very simply to soak up that opportunity So now when I see these moments arise, I go over and I I stop the yelling like, hey, guys, guys, sometimes that I raise my voice a little bit so they can hear me. And I say, guys, okay, stop, wait. And I pause. They're looking at me. They're listening. And I say, okay, guys, you need to figure out a solution to this, or we're going to have to take this away, whether it's take away the toy, take away the opportunity. You know, if if they're fighting over what show to watch, then there's not going to be any TV, right? Like whatever it is they're fighting over, it is not more important than their hearts, right? Their hearts, making sure that they are generous and pointed towards God is the most important. And so I risk that, that thing they want. And I don't, you know, don't feel bad about it. Like, and I say, you guys have got to resolve this. Now, obviously this only works for a little bit older kids. Like my two-year-old could not do this on her own. It is mostly my son that kind of runs the, the next moment. Um, but sometimes she contributes, she contributes ideas or she'll, you can kind of see her heart shift a little bit. And so don't underestimate your kids. Um, but obviously you need probably someone that a a three-year-old could probably manage this as well. Um, but you know, you've got to, yeah, they've got to be able to kind of think through this lens And so that's what I do. And it's that simple. I'm going to go into obviously some more details with this, but it really is that simple. You guys need to come up with a solution to this problem or this is going away. And I, you know, we, I don't yell that. I just simply say it. This is the reality. And then I make sure to follow through with it. If they cannot resolve this problem, then that thing really is gone. And you know, you really would not believe like how much my kids are able to do this on their own. And again, my son is newly four, very newly four. My daughter's not even two yet. And so often this gets resolved without me having to say anything else. Now I'm going to share with you a little bit about what else I do say sometimes, but this is a place to start. And if your kids are older, even this might take some practicing because maybe they're not used to it, but they can absolutely do this. And I think like we, we just underestimate their capacity. We underestimate their ability to figure these things out. And we feel like we have to just take control. Sometimes it's because we're in pain and we just like want it to be resolved. We just want the easy way. Cause this can take a little bit longer sometimes. Um, sometimes not because like, they're like, Oh, I want this. I want to start the TV show now. So 
I'm going to figure this out now. Right. And I mean, that's still having uh, a selfish heart, but like, like they, they get to that place so quickly where they can resolve it and, and move on. And the beautiful thing about allowing our kids to kind of have some more say in these moments and some more control and some more opportunity is that this is a skill they're going to need for the rest of their lives for, you know, starting just talking about the problem solving and then we'll touch on, you know, having, working on these selfish hearts, but uh, where, whatever we do in our lives, (laughs) any kind of relationship, any kind of work situation, any kind of school situation, we will absolutely need to work through problem solving. And especially when we can learn to do this with other people, I mean, how much is that equipping them to go into the workforce, to go into school, to do group projects, to be a friend, to be a spouse? I mean, come on, somebody. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be a parent. Like we, we need to learn this in order to have any kind of healthy relationships or any kind of healthy, um, functioning in this world is we need to work with people, learn how to resolve problems with them. And so we're giving them now, now it's like when these moments come up, when they're fighting over something, I see it as an opportunity instead of being frustrated by like, oh my gosh, here it goes again. You know, and I still at times can get frustrated, but a lot of times now I just see it and I hear it and I'm like, okay, here's another opportunity. This is great. They get to practice this skill. They get to push into problem solving and, and working on their hearts. And it's such a beautiful thing to give them that. So not only does it like kind of give us direction, right? We now know what to do as parents in that moment, but it also teaches them something that's going to last a lifetime, which is so beautiful. Now there are some things. So sometimes, um, when I say this, they start arguing again or, or they don't know what, any solutions or whatever it is. And so sometimes I have to step in and say a little bit more. So first, just touching on the problem solving side of things. Some of the things that I oft, I, I do sometimes is I, I step in and I sit down if, if they're still struggling, you know, after that initial opportunity. And I'm like, okay, guys, let's think of some some solutions together. And, you know, first I give them the opportunity, Hey, do you have any ideas for solutions? And you know, my, my one-year-old doesn't say anything, obviously. And then, uh, my four-year-old sometimes will have an idea and sometimes he won't. And so then I'll start sharing some ideas. And when, when I do this, it's, it's helping them kind of expand their minds for what solutions could look like, helping them kind of learn to do this and modeling it for them. And so I'll say like, okay, you know, say, say it is a show. Um, they don't watch a lot of TV around here, but especially in this season, usually at least like half an hour a day, they will sit down and watch something. And I, in, in that moment, I would say, okay, so here's some ideas. If you guys can't agree on what to watch. Oh man, I have to keep <laughs> pausing this because I'm having some Braxton Hicks or maybe it's the real deal. I don't know. Maybe baby boy is going to be born right here on the podcast. <laughs> Anyways, I keep getting more out of breath than normal. Um, So what I would say to them uh, if they're trying to resolve what to watch is, okay, so you guys aren't agreeing on what to watch. Is there anything you 
both want to watch? And this, this first question is so simple and oftentimes it resolves it. Like, you know, my son will have in his mind that he wants to watch, um, what it ratatouille like that recently. Um, you know, part of it, he's not going to watch the whole thing, but he's going to watch part of it. And then my daughter lately has wanted to watch either Spider-Man. She learned that from her brother or, um, Wally. And she just really wants to watch those things. So they're disagreeing in that moment. But, but I say, is there anything you both want to watch? And just that simple, like them thinking through that, then a lot of times they're like, yeah, let's both actually watch Spider-Man because my son actually does love Spider-Man or let's both watch, um, part of cars or whatever it is. And just that simple question will help them. Um, if that doesn't work, then I'm like, okay, well, here's some other options. You could, uh, one of you can choose today and then one of you can choose tomorrow. Um, I, you guys could go play something different instead. You guys could try an entirely new show or movie and we could search for something together. And so I just kind of give them some ideas. And usually from there, I kind of leave it. And usually they are able then to kind of take over that conversation. And, um, you know, a lot of times, and what this kind of leads into the next part a little bit, my son will say like, you know, okay, Illy, you can, you can choose what show to watch today and then I'll choose tomorrow. Or he'll say, you know what, that's okay. We can watch Spider-Man. Um, you know, cause he's thinking about his sister and knowing he also enjoys that. And so usually like, you know, especially my four-year-old is able to make some kind of mutual choice in that moment that resolves the problem. Sometimes I even need to just like walk away. Like I, I leave them with some ideas and I let them talk about it. And I just kind of walk away for a minute, not far. Cause sometimes I need to pop back in there, but I, I just let them resolve it. And then they'll have a solution and, and, you know, really shortly, especially knowing like, Hey, if we can't resolve this, we will not turn the TV on. This is, it, that's just how it's going to be. And that is such a big motive motivation, uh, for both of them to try and figure this out. Now, you know, again, we haven't touched yet on the, the selfish part of this. So, you know, one of the things I often talk about in these moments, if that initial, like, Hey, you guys need to resolve this problem. And if not, we're going to turn off the TV or get rid of the toy or whatever. And if they need more help after that, one of the things, in addition to helping them kind of come up with ideas for problem solving is talking with them through this idea of how we are called to have selfless hearts. And I remind them of that God asks us to think about other people and not to do anything out of selfish ambition. And, um, again, the book shepherding a child's heart has a lot to say on this and it goes, it's so good, uh, reminding us how to, in every moment, kind of bring it back to this. And the reason that it's so important to bring it back to this so often is just because of what the Bible says. First of all, um, I don't know if you've heard this verse. I feel like I didn't hear it until the last like five years, but I don't know how that's possible, but it's Jeremiah 17, 9, and it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. 
who can understand it? So the Bible talks about how our hearts are sick. They're bad. They're evil. There's, there's deceit in them. They're yucky. And so we have to make sure everything that we're doing as parents, we're bringing it back to the heart. We're helping our kids learn to have healthy hearts, to get rid of that yuckiness in it. And to know that it's gonna, our hearts are going to continue to lead us that direction. But as we strengthen our spirits, which is the part of us that connects to God, as we strengthen our spirits, then we can we can have the essential of the swing vote for for what's going to happen, and we're gonna we're gonna take control of that the evil that wants to happen in our heart, and so that's why it's so important in these moments to bring it back to this. Like, yes, it's just a simple TV show, and that's okay that they want to watch something different, but ultimately they need to make sure they're making choices not out of selfishness, not out of the evil that's in their hearts, but out of what God calls us to, which is the second verse that I have for you. This is Philippians 2 through 2, 3, and 4, and verses 6 through 8. It says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Like, that's just the first part I'll go on in a minute, but I read that and gosh, I don't know if you feel it, but like the world is telling us something so opposite of that. The world is telling us to stand up for ourselves and to fight for what we want and to make sure people, people do how, what, what we think and to make sure we have enough self-care so that we can be comfortable. And, uh, you know, obviously there, I have talked about self-care a lot. We do need to care for ourselves. We do need to, to steward well what God has trusted us with in our bodies and our minds and our spirits. And we, we need to be conscious of that. However, this verse is so clear. It, it's just so counterintuitive for what our culture is saying. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Like count others more significant than me? Wait, I thought I was number one. I thought I was supposed to live my life for me. What's that? What's that saying from uh, uh, Parks and Rec? The oh man, guys, I, sh- I need to I need to look this up now. Okay, I had to look it up. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, it's, it's so funny. Treat yourself. Like have a treat yourself day, which again, there's nothing wrong with having a day to treat yourself. Like, okay, that's to me not the fullness of what it looks like to care for yourself. You can't just have a random day here or there. But it's it's just kind of this idea, and that's just, you know, one silly example, but it's this idea in our culture that we should just fight for what we want, what makes us feel good. And the Bible says something kind of different, right? Like sometimes even when my son starts, um, choosing, like when we'll talk about selfishness in the heart and he'll say, you know what, I'm going to let sissy have this, or I'm going to let her choose. And part of me wants to be like, no, it's okay. It's okay. You, you, you can have what you want too, (laughs) you know? And I am making sure that like, he also has moments where he gets to watch what he wants or whatever it is. Um, but like, ultimately that is the goal is that he would choose to put her above himself and that he would serve her in that way. And, and so we got to be careful of how culture has seeped these ideas into our minds and our hearts because it's going to come out in how we parent. But this, our Bible is so clear. Count others more significant than yourselves. And then it goes on, it says, 
And let each of you look not only to his own interests. So that verse, you know, it points out you can look to your own interests. We're not saying ignore yourself. And again, that's what where it goes back to. I'm not going to go in depth into it today, but how we need to care for ourselves, steward well what God has entrusted us with, with our minds, body, and spirits. So we can't ignore our needs. We can't not um, exercise and eat healthy and sleep and uh, do the things God's calling us to do and uh, spend time with God and do all of these things that are essentially caring for ourselves. So we do need to look to our own interests, but we don't stop there and we don't put that above others. Um, And so it says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, this is like the ultimate example, guys, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Holy moly, if, if, if that is not a convicting scripture, I don't know what is. We think so often that we are, uh, we deserve better, right? Like we should be treated better. This isn't right. This isn't okay how I'm being treated. And yet we look at the example of Jesus who gave every part of himself up, every part for us up to humiliation, up to death, up like he, he didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He took the form of a servant. He was made, born in the likeness of men. I mean, <laughs> he, he was born in the likeness of his own creation and he humbled himself by being obedient. So obedient. He had death on a cross. I mean, wow. When we think about what it looks like to serve others, this example should convict all of us. And so this is what we need to teach our kids. And especially in the face of culture, that's telling them, no, don't be a servant to anyone. Don't let anyone rule over you. Don't be obedient to anyone. Obedience is a bad word, right? I talked about that a lot in our discipline series. Uh, If you want to go and dig into that, it starts in episode 85 and it's kind of like every other episode until 105 or six or something like that. And I talked a lot about how, you know, obedience in our culture has become a bad word that like we, that, that there's a teaching out there that we should not teach our kids to be obedient because we want them to stand up for themselves and stand up for what's right. But (laughs) obedience, if you have, you have read your Bible, the word obedience is found a whole lot in there. And if it's just in this scripture, it's pretty straightforward that Jesus himself was obedient. Jesus, God, the son of God can't get higher than that, right? He himself was obedient. And so we need to do that with ourselves and teach our kids to be obedient like this and to become servants for each other and to sacrifice for each other. And so these moments of disagreement among your kids are these beautiful opportunities, not just to learn problem solving, but to also be reminded about what kind of hearts we're called to have. 
and how we can serve each other. And so, um, again, along with helping them problem solve, a lot of times I will go in and remind them, hey, remember, like God calls us to have selfless hearts, the hearts that don't just think about what we want, but what other people want. And we're called to serve others and put them before us. And when I talk about that, I, I don't force it on my son because that wouldn't be coming out of his heart, right? I force the problem solving on them. I force them to figure it out together, but I don't force him to choose just his sister because he needs to make that choice for himself. So it's it's an authentic shift in his heart. But I give him that opportunity, I remind him of that truth. And I say, hey, like, remember, I say it to both of them, but obviously he's the one comprehending it a lot more. I say, hey, guys, you got to remember as you're problem solving this, remember that God calls us to have selfless hearts, to think about other people. And a lot of times after that moment, my son will be like, okay, you know what? It's okay. Illy, you can choose today. That's okay. And I, I can see this shift in him. It's a genuine shift. He's not, it's not just about concern for losing the object or losing the TV show or whatever it is, right? It can, again, be anything. Um, but it's a genuine shift where he says, you know what? I, I want that kind of heart. I want to choose God's way. And it's so beautiful to watch that. And I say, hey, bud, I'm really proud of you for that choice. God's really proud of you too. Um, that's That's the kind of hearts he wants us to have. And and then I let him, I let him, let her choose. <laughs> um, so I hope that helps you. It's such a simple but beautiful way to help our kids figure out what conflict is going to look like in the future, how they can become, um, again, spouses, friends, work, coworkers, bosses, everyone that can, can do conflict well and, and have the kind of hearts that God calls us to. So I hope that helps you. Let me uh, just pray for you as we go. God, I just thank you for your wisdom, God, that you promise us as much wisdom as we ask for. And um, God, in this, as we're parenting and trying to teach our kids what to do, God, I pray for more wisdom for all of us, including myself. God, I pray that you would just pour more in. We need more. It's so hard sometimes. But God, with this, I I just pray over these moments, uh, these opportunities we get to have with our kids. I pray that we would um, soak them up. I pray we would go deep with them. I pray that we would help our kids just to be equipped for the future so that they can be your light in this world, Lord. I pray that all of us would just have a conviction to live up to this calling of being a servant for others, of putting people before ourselves, of humbling ourselves, getting rid of this pride, God, and just, um, letting ourselves serve each other, God. I pray that we would be reminded daily that that's what we're called to do as Christ followers. And we don't need to go with what the world is saying, Lord, and just show us how to do that well, where we're, we're still, you know, honoring our bodies and, and taking care of ourselves and what you've given us, but where we can do it like Jesus did, God, or at least a fraction of that, Lord. And we just thank you that you're with us in this journey. You don't abandon us or leave us alone in it, but you're equipping us and, and walking us through step by step so we can become more like you every day. We praise you and we thank you for your goodness, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, Mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, 
Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Thank you.